Welcome to Gabbing Gilmore. I'm Jackie. And I'm Catherine. We're sisters, moms, and in our humble opinion, Gilmore Girls experts. So just know one thing. I love you, you idiot! Happy Valentine's Day, our sweet townies. We love you so much and wanted to send a little gift of extra special love to you today. Yeah. So we're delivering a bonus episode to you today on this day of love. Yes. <laughs> and I know what you're probably thinking. Oh, this episode, this bonus episode is going to be about the most romantic moments of Gilmore Girls or the best love triangles. No, no, no. We're turning Valentine's Day upside down to discuss the pairs on the show who actually hated each other. <laughs> yeah. Instead of romances, we're going to talk about enemies the, the characters who kind of loved to hate each other. So we'll lay out for you some of our favorite matchups and dig into why they don't like each other. And maybe more importantly, is there anything that could get these two characters to love each other? Yeah. Is there anything that could bring them together? It's going to be so fun. Let's get into it. Are you ready? So ready. Okay. So instead of talking about some of the people who hate each other within love triangles we figured that's mm. kind of too obvious yeah we're gonna go for some deeper cuts here because we know y'all can handle it that's right <laughs> right townies exactly right. okay okay so let's start with suki and michelle this relationship is always on the rocks it is. why do they know each other so much yeah i mean my theory is that it all comes down to the food Ooh. Because Suki is so passionate about food. She's so, obviously, she's a tremendous chef. Yeah. And Michelle usually won't eat her best stuff. Poor thing. And I think that drives her up a wall. Yeah. And she just wants him to eat the good food. She doesn't want to make an egg white omelet. He's always, like, dieting and all that kind of stuff. And I think it just, it annoys her. Mm. It annoys him. And they can't get past that. That's good. It's the food. I think that's the origin of it. And maybe Michelle is envious that Suki can just have all this food around her and enjoy exactly. food. And he's restrict, restrict, restrict. Right. It like yeah. annoys him mm. to be offered food constantly yeah. and to know that it tastes amazing. Right. Because she's not and like he's going to deny it anyway. Yeah. Because she's really not observing his boundaries. Yeah. And, and think about how annoyed she gets with vegetarians. <laughs> She's true. Like, she doesn't want people around who don't enjoy good food. True. So even though that's only one of the things that they bicker about, mm. I think it's where most of the tension mm, comes from. I love that theory. So do we think there's anything that could get these two closer together, though, to get past this? Yeah. I actually, I have one idea. And we saw a little piece of it in A Year in the Life. Remember how Michelle was talking about how his partner wanted to have a baby? Yeah. I think if they had gone forward, had a, a, a baby or two, yeah, and Suki was still around, which she really wasn't I during know. the revival, but Boo. I think that might have brought them a little closer together. Because remember, Michelle used to compare his dogs a lot yes. to Suki's kids, <laughs> and that drove her out of her mind. Yes, um, I think like he would have finally had a little bit of like not sympathy, but just yeah. maybe understanding. And she might have had a couple tips for him, even mm. though he was kind of like reluctant about the whole thing. That's right. He was. But maybe yeah. it would have brought them together a little. What yeah. What do you think? Yeah. To find like a common ground. Yeah. Because they, they didn't seem to have any common ground before that. 
right at all except for just working with Lorelai exactly yeah because she I, I mean she always had a soft spot for him you know like yeah. even though she gave him a hard time I think yeah. she still loved him yeah okay our next pair is a fun one <laughs> Luke and Taylor <laughs> Now, we talked about them a little bit during the Taylor episode a couple yep. episodes ago, but we did. If you're imagining their relationship like way before the series starts, when do you think they first started to hate each other? Oh, that's funny. Or like when did Luke start to hate Taylor? You know, I think that we don't hear enough about Luke and his childhood. Yeah. We get little snippets of information. And they say that he was a bit of a Trekkie. And that he yeah. a little bit of a loner maybe before. And even but in then high he's school. he's like this great athlete He was too. a great athlete. But they it's sort like, of which allude one to him it? like being aloof. Yeah. And maybe not noticing that girls liked him. Yes. Wondering if that. he even had a bit of a bad boy streak. Which mm. we're actually going to have an upcoming episode about bad boys. So yes, I'm wondering if he might have fall If he might fall into that category. Mm. but I knew a guy like that in high school who was like cute good. and didn't know it he yeah was pretty good at sports but like very very quiet yeah yeah so girls were didn't really go near him right but maybe admired him from afar you yeah. know and thought he was cute I, whatever yeah. so I could see Luke having that persona and then if Taylor was already in leadership which he must have been and we know early on there was this other mayor in the town but yeah but Taylor had to have leadership and so given their age difference Luke is probably aware of Taylor and like this as this old guy who's yeah. in charge and annoying mm -hmm. so he mm -hmm. must have just always had that impression of Taylor and then growing up it's like you really don't change your perspective on someone especially yeah. when it's an adult someone that's older than you it's like you just can't drop it so now he just has this impression of Taylor. That's who he is. Mm -hmm. And Luke's never going to change his mind. But also mm -hmm. it could have gone both ways. You know, if you grow up in a town and then you become an adult and own a business in that town, like how do people perceive you? Yeah. Do they always think you're a little bit like the young kid yeah. who doesn't know what he's doing? Maybe that's why true. Taylor always felt he could tell him what to do. Like, who knows? That's true. But also um, in our episode about Taylor, we talked about Taylor being the establishment. Yeah. And, you know, I think Luke has more of like a live and let live kind mm -hmm. of mentality. Like, just kind of leave me alone. I'm yeah. going to do what's right, which yes. Taylor likes. You yes. know, I'm not going to hurt anyone. I'm not going to break yeah. any laws. But like, don't bother me. Exactly. And don't tell me how to run my business. Don't tell me how to paint my wall. Like that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think they have two very different totally. um, perspectives. Yeah. So do you think there's any scenario in which they could become true friends? Oh, my gosh. What if they became roommates? Because, <gasps> because like, what happens? Um, for some reason, they have to move in together. Taylor needs, like, a Ooh. caregiver. Oh, like Taylor because moves above yeah. the soda shop. Yes. And, and then suddenly and then he puts connected. a window in. <laughs> yeah, he needs Early at the very minimum they have like connected apartments. <laughs> so they're <gasps> sort of like the odd couple. Oh, yeah. That old TV show some of you might be familiar with, which they actually reference in Gilmore Girls. They a lot. do. And then they, this would they're, be they're good roommates. for the next revival. Are the Paladinos listening? <laughs> this is a good idea. <laughs> they would be that would be a hilarious show. It would be hilarious. <laughs> But I don't think they would ever really get along. No, they <laughs> that wouldn't. Would the that point. would make Luke hate him even more. Oh, my gosh. And that would assume that he's not living at Lorelai's house. Right, anyway. right, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here's a fun one. Jess and Clara. So we're talking about Dean's little sister, Clara. So 
as Catherine mentioned in the beginning, we're not going to talk about Jess and Dean. Yeah. And their relationship. It's too obvious right yeah. now. Um, but what about Jess and Clara? Oh, my gosh. The funny thing is, I, I don't think Clara disliked Jess. Um, <laughs> Jess definitely disliked her instantly upon meeting her. But here's the funny thing. I think in like three years, she could have developed a crush on him. Oh, and that yeah. would have been really funny oh if they gosh. had both stuck around. If Jess had stayed in town <laughs> and we got to see Clara grow up, right. she'd become a character on the show more prominently. I think that would have been really funny. That is funny. Yeah. And this is like what I envision for them. Imagine if Clara like started bussing tables at Luke's when she's like 14 years old, 15, right? Yep. And, and like, at first she would drive him crazy. You know, totally. she'd be like, he'd say like, why do you keep chirping in my ear? Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're so squeaky. Get away from me. But then after a while, I feel like he'd be giving her some good music suggestions here and there. Because um. remember, she was into Avril Lavigne. Yep. As, um, and she needed maybe a little musical guidance. Right. And he'd be doing that for her, you know, and then she would tell him like what she was reading in high school literature. Right. And he would give her tips about that. Yeah, I can just yep. see this, like, you know. Like a mutual. He would kind of, like, come to care for her yeah. a little bit. Like a, an annoying little sister. Right. And she would have this deep crush on him. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's got good hair. <laughs> Why does it stick up like that? <laughs> Do you wash your hair? <laughs> Do you know her voice is really like that, that actress? Yeah. She might have been playing it up a bit, but... Yeah, probably. But she was in another movie that I saw her in as an adult, Uh and it was still very high-pitched. Oh, interesting. Okay. (laughs) Let's go on to the next pair, who just love to hate each other, Trix and Emily. Oh, boy. They sure do. Yeah. Why do you think that Lorelai the First, Mm. Richard's mother, didn't like Emily way back in the day because like obviously yeah. we know this starts early right I think she would have preferred Penelope Lott yeah for some unknown reason well I have what two do you theory- think I have two theories okay yeah. so my first is that so we know Richard was supposed to marry Penelope and at one point he actually says the invitations were mailed there's a bunch of discrepancies with yeah. all of this but and at one point he does say he that might be exaggerating exaggerating yeah possibly because i i do feel like that sounds ridiculous um yeah but let's say they were pretty close to getting married and then suddenly he starts seeing emily mm-hmm. and breaks off this engagement mm-hmm. which with penelin lot appears to be approved by the family we know oh, all right. of that is important uh-huh. the marriage is planned I wonder. Penelin's family probably had good breeding. Exactly. So I'm Does wondering. You know, every time Emily says that word, good yeah. breeding, um, because we only use like that when we talk dog. about dogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's so creepy. But okay, go ahead. I have to wonder if Richard did not go about informing his family mm. appropriately, because maybe he had a little bit of, of shame. About yeah. not following the plan, yeah. not following along with the approved Penelin mm. and picking someone else. And so rather mm. than effectively communicating with his mother, who's tough, we all know that. Yeah. He sort of does it in a way that makes his mother mad. So Trix doesn't really know what's going on. So now rather than blaming Richard because he's like the perfect son, mm-hmm. she puts all of this anger and blame on 
Emily. Why not? Right. Blame the woman. And keep that anger going over time. And maybe it happens really fast because he's serious about Emily so quickly and then all of a sudden they're getting married and Trix is like you know what I don't want this to happen and I haven't been able to express that yeah and that's why she writes that horrible letter I don't know good theory Jack I like this okay so that's theory number one I think you're right oh oh, you have two theories that's right theory number two what's the second one (laughs) is that is this like was there an exact same situation to the Huntsberger dinner that that Rory attended Mm. um where they basically like crapped all over her yeah um and you had just said this. Maybe Emily came from money, but not the type of money that mm. Penelin came from. Right. There's which was our approved. money and there's your money. Yep. So mm. Penelin might have had the correct money. Maybe Emily yes. didn't. Yeah, and because we don't really know that much about Emily's we family. We do not. We don't know. We can assume a lot of things. We don't know what her parents did. No. How wealthy she was growing no. up. We do know she went to Smith. She went to Smith. And, and if you're a woman of that age and you manage to go to Smith, you probably have a fairly privileged family. Yes. And she even talks about for her um, 21st birthday yeah. that all she wanted was invitations with pearls. pearls. And that's, I yeah, mean, that sounds like something it, that you know, a wealthy person has. It does. But, it does. But True but still, So we only have a few little sprinkling bits of information. Yeah. But like maybe she grew up, you know, outside of Philadelphia or something. Right. And so... Tricks just didn't really know her family yeah. well enough and they weren't from just Hartford dismiss or it. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe there was like an exact same dinner that happened. Ooh, Oh, that's blowing my mind. Right. And maybe that's why she went after Shira so hard because she's <gasps> been in that situation. Totally. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, good one. <laughs> so we see a snippet of tricks and Emily starting to understand each other. Um, yeah. You know, when Trix moves back into town and Emily blows the cover <laughs> on her relationship with the man in the jogging right. suit. But it was very short lived. So do you think they ever could have become close? No, I don't. I don't. I think they both come from such privileged, you know, wealthy, like white women, proud backgrounds where, you know, they've been taught not to back down, keep your guard up true and to maintain their status of power right yeah. is to lord it over other people yeah so that's what they're gonna do that's what they do that's it yeah like, i i just don't think it's happening i kind of agree with you yeah which is sad it was nice when they had tea it was but then it was like they both admitted like they were lonely i know i know that was sweet but yes. it was, you know that was very similar to i am kayak hear me roar yes. when lorelei and emily finally had that close moment yeah. and then emily just blows it the next day Falls back up yeah back up. okay yeah. i love your theories about them <laughs> all right another pair that we absolutely love to watch hate each other is Janet and Paris. (gasps) I love these two. (laughs) The Yale duo. Yeah, I mean, why do you think they became enemies so quickly? It happens so fast. It does. It happens right off the bat. Especially in a nice little dorm where they have so much space. So much space. What's your problem? Their suite is huge for freshmen. And we basically see the first day of school with Tana there. And then suddenly by the time Janet arrives, (laughs) they're at each other's throats she in Paris so I mean I think it's easy for us to understand why Janet could become annoyed with Paris so quickly absolutely because she wasn't like Tana she wasn't gonna just 
kind of back down yeah. and let Paris run the show. She's like, why are you being so annoying about everything? Yeah. I mean, if I was a freshman in college and there was someone like that in my suite, I would I would feel the same way that Jana did. Yeah. So then we might want to ask, well, why did Paris just instantly, you know, dislike Janet? Mm -hmm. And to me, I was thinking about that quote that Paris says in um, the next season when, do you remember when Rory has the high schooler from Chilton come to stay with her in um, Not As Cute As Pushkin, I think is the episode name. So Headmaster Headmaster Charleston asks Rory to host... um, someone who's looking at Yale Mm. and right before the girl arrives Paris is like you know any girl under 17 Mm. is the enemy (laughs) they're coming after our starter husbands so it's like Gloria Steinem would be so proud exactly (laughs) so she's already developed Uh. this sense that there isn't enough room in the world for all women Mm -hmm. and that Paris has to be the one who's going to survive right and to do that she needs to like keep everybody else down so I think she views Janet as a threat because Janet's pretty self-confident she is she's an athlete she's a student athlete um and which annoys Paris yes but like yeah she has self-confidence she has her own group of friends she has a boyfriend yeah and I think she's a little too secure for Paris. I, yeah. So she views sense. her as competition. Whereas like Rory, she viewed Rory as competition in high school, but that was academically. Yeah. She still yeah. has to pull Rory along she with did. anything outside of academics. Yeah. Like with student government yeah. and going, joining clubs yeah. and, and all that stuff and, and hosting a party. Yeah. She really had to pull Rory along. So yeah, I think she yeah. she just views her as a as a threat. And I think that's a good point about Janet being so confident, mm-hmm. and then just coming from that athletic world that Paris doesn't even want to understand. It's not that mm-hmm. she doesn't; she doesn't want to. No, and in fact, like kind of wants to mock it, and yeah. she makes it out like Janet and her friends are less intelligent. Yes. It's like, um, girl, they're all at Yale. I don't know, <laughs> right? They got in here too. <laughs> exactly. I know she's athletic, but that doesn't yeah. mean anything. <laughs> Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Do you think they, I, I mean, definitely by the end of their freshman year, they're not really close, but do you think they ever could have actually like come yeah. together to be friends? I know it's hard to tell. I, I actually, I love their dynamic during spring break. Yeah. It's kind of fun to see them coexist a little more peacefully together. Yeah. They're outside of Yale. Um, and I actually love during sophomore year when Paris and Rory are having boy troubles and they ask Janet and Althea for help in the cafeteria. Do you remember that moment? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. It is. Yeah. And when Paris is like, I have a pen if you want to take notes. (laughs) Again, like Paris is kind of reducing Janet to a girl who only knows something about boys and athletics, Mm -hmm. but it's still a cute scene. Like at least she's connecting with her. It is. And I I kind of, I would have loved a little bit more of that. So here's my theory for if they could ever like truly become friends. I would have loved to have seen in a year in the life, Janet being one of Paris's surrogates. Oh my God. Like her all-star surrogate. Cause she matches all the qualifications, right? She's like fit. She's, you know, blonde, like all that stuff. Couldn't you see Paris carting her around and being like, this is my star surrogate. And and, yeah. Oh my god! 
and confident. And confident. So and she could stand up to Paris. Smart enough to get into Yale oh and athletic. God, right? And she's like, quote, the total package. <laughs> and I feel like Janet would have just been like, yeah, you need me. And so, like, I'll do this for you, but I'm not going to take your crap because, like, you need me. And That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot stop laughing. <laughs> I mean, do you think Janet would have gone along with it? I just feel like no. it would have been a really fun way to have her in a year in the life. It would have been. You know, it's like I missed her and Tana. Only if Janet makes a lot of money off it. Like, so she's like, gotta right. get hers. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. Only she would have been like, if I get I'm mine. your number one. Yeah. You need to pay me at least like 100K <laughs> for every <laughs> every time I do this. All right, let's go on to the next two people who love to hate each other, Michelle and Tobin. You're asking me about Tobin? I know. I had forgotten <laughs> until this morning that you have really strong feelings about Tobin. So oh. how do you think their rivalry started, these two? Well, you know, I, I do think that Michelle is very insecure about his position in his relationship with Lorelai and Suki. Mm-hmm. And... You know, Lorelai and Suki are best friends, and I feel like he felt like he never quite measured up. Yeah. And wasn't, like, in their circle. Mm, yeah. And um, I think, like, having Tobin around is this reminder, because Suki and Lorelai yeah. treat Tobin like this, like, little Like kid. a pet. Yeah, like, yeah. they talk all, like, high voice to they him. They do. And it's, yeah, like a pet. It's, it's true. Annoying. It's a little condescending. It's it is a little kind bit of like they're humoring him. Yes. Like, oh, um, Tobin. But Tobin is like a complete opposite of Michelle. He's kinder. He's sweeter. Yeah. You know, less salty. Yeah. And um, he does kind acts for the sake of kindness. Saccharin sweet, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Michelle knows that his own personality is very off-putting and harsh. But like Suki mm-hmm. and Lorelai put up with him. And he, I think, appreciates that oh i think he loves them for that deep down i think he does but there's that lingering fear like that any moment he could ruin it it could be taken away and tobin's this like constant reminder of like yeah Yeah. someone could come in swoop in and take my place right because i'm nicer than you yes and i could get them to like me more than you. exactly they're almost like two siblings competing for mom's attention or something you know like totally i don't know because they have similar roles they do but polar that's a good theory so do you think, like, there's anything that could have brought them together to really love each other? You know, I was really or thinking about this. I was thinking maybe a crisis, but no, that happened, yeah. and it didn't help. Like, right. the, jet, the in caught the fire. fire. Nope. Um, Lorelai's father was in the hospital. Did that do it? No. You know, no. like, Suki okay. having the baby. I was going to say something positive. Suki had a baby. Nope, that Mm-mm. didn't do it. So I'm racking my brain. Okay, so I come up with another theory. Although it did make, it, Suki having the, having the baby did make Michelle try to be kinder by offering to babysit. But really, it was it, just competition. Right, it did nothing for he and Tobin to get closer together, you no, know? like no, it didn't. So I'm really stretching here with this theory, okay? But go with me. So often, okay. like, if you're in the same marginalized group as someone else it helps you to find commonality empathy you know compassion for each other in a year in the life we find out that michelle has identified as a member of the queer community right yeah and so i wondered you know we don't know a lot about tobin but like i'm just gonna say tobin's probably yeah like would he ever identify as queer right and so then i started thinking about sex in the city the tv (gasps) show jackie i was thinking about the same thing i know what you're gonna say you might not have watched it but 
So my God. there was a character, Stanford, and yes. he was Carrie's like sweet gay friend, kind of yes. like Tobin. And eventually he dates and then marries the very salty Anthony, Anthony. who was Charlotte's gay yes. friend. They were the two op- you know, polar opposite yeah. gay guys Had on the show. Nothing in common. No. And they were very and they similar to, to Tobin and to Michelle. During the sh- yeah, and like during the regular series, they mm-hmm. tried to get them to date. And but I think even Stanford says like or one of them says like is just, is this just because we're both gay like do we have anything else in common exactly. and like yeah it was that was legitimately the only reason it really was but I'm not, I'm not saying that Tobin and Michelle need to get married I'm just saying that sometimes that could have found them some commonality or common ground yes where maybe they could have buried all the hostility yes maybe but I, a little I, yeah and I, I'm actually I'm like really glad that <laughs> In a year in the life, they didn't put those two together because yeah. it felt kind of lazy of the Sex and the City crew, yeah, to put them together just to, to keep like the characters, ha- yeah, to yeah. keep the characters, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't do that with Michelle and Tobin because yeah. they literally have nothing in common. No, no, for real. And we didn't get enough of Tobin to need him back. <laughs> no, we didn't need him back. No. <laughs> Reiterate. All right, so let's go back to Stars Hollow. Yeah. And talk about Gypsy and Andrew. Mm. Do you guys remember their issues? Why were they enemies? Yeah, I know. It's like, I don't know if they were legit enemies or not, but they, I think they bugged each other, (laughs) is what I'm going to say. Remember, they had that fender bender. And Gypsy's like, we need a cord in this town, <laughs> you know. Accurate. And then later on, she was reading his mail. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> she was, there's nothing private in there. <laughs> it's from my girlfriend. I think they just bugged each other. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was deeper than that, really. Yeah. Um, I think Gypsy just looked at him as kind of, I don't know, mm. maybe a little useless or just like not... I don't know. Yeah. Do we think that Andrew grew up in Stars Hollow with Bootsy and we, Luke? I don't think we know. Mm. Or think we Gypsy. Know. We don't know. No. There's I don't really think no they tell us that. I don't yeah. think they tell us that. And sidebar, Mike Gandolfi is f- a fun follow, you know, on Instagram. And he mm. posted something the other day on his birthday. He got like a hate message from someone saying, Andrew's the most annoying character. What? <laughs> yeah. And we're so everybody was like, "Happy birthday, Andrew! You're gr- you know, happy birthday, Mike! Yeah, we love Andrew. Andrew's funny. Um, so give him some love, people. Yeah, come on, okay, give him some love. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking about you know, could these two have become good friends? And I know. Do you think they ever like hung out? At I don't know. I, yeah, <laughs> I feel like maybe if there was some town competition that like the chamber of commerce is running because they're both business owners and i would have liked to see see them both team up yeah on something and you know like yeah. win a competition together well andrew does the 24-hour dance-a-thon do you think <laughs> yes. he and gypsy could partner <laughs> up and win <laughs> maybe he wouldn't no, fight with her she has no she has no patience for no i don't his, see her dancing for either. 24 yeah. hours no no <laughs> like to see them become friends because they're you know hanging out at town events here and there together yeah. they're both adorable <laughs> they are. all right our last kind of frenemies here how about luke and bootsy <laughs> oh I, I just threw them out yeah luke and bootsy yeah More what do you think this is fun. what do you think this is all about yeah i we get the feeling that this hostile relationship 
started pretty early. Um, because we do hear a story about these two in kindergarten. That's right. It's <laughs> just so funny. Oh, my gosh. At a town meeting, Luke's on the floor stating, you know, his case for something and Bootsy's interrupting him. And That's right. Luke throws back, you know, in kindergarten, you stomped on my clay handprint <laughs> while it was drying. And they're arguing about that. You know, Luke's like, other kids saw you do it. So it's Imagine just one of those if things. You, right. If you carried a grudge against every five-year-old no, who wronged you in the art room. But Catherine, it would be seriously, like everyone. think about it. I know. I bet everyone there can think about kids. a moment in elementary yeah. school when someone wronged yeah. you and you oh, still sure. feel it. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> you hang on to grudges. No. <laughs> Tell me about your art room incident. <laughs> You know, you still feel it. And if you grow up in the town together. <laughs> yeah. The small town. And then town, you stay there. Yeah. And you're both business owners. I mean, come on. And Luke made, made fun of him for, because remember, he, Boosie says, like, I'm an entrepreneur. Well, that's he's what, like, you know. You're not an entrepreneur. You took over your father's newsstand. But so yeah, what I do you think of that? I was say that because I think that Bootsy might have a bit of jealousy because mm. as we talked about, Luke might have been kind of a cool high school kid without really knowing it. He was athletic. And yeah. then they're both business owners. Yeah, but Bootsy took over his father's newsstand. Luke took over his father's hardware business, but turned it into something where it's a diner and everyone in town goes there. Yes. So Bootsy's got to have a little envy for that. Yeah, he might. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's why this is like, they're never getting over this. Oh, and maybe Bootsy had a crush on Crazy Carrie (laughs) and he had to watch Carrie be obsessed with Luke. (gasps) Love that. (laughs) And for her still to be obsessed with with Luke. Yeah. Love it. And he's always wanted to. They should have gotten together. That would have been awesome. I mean, Crazy Carrie had a husband. I know. Well, (laughs) (laughs) she just wasn't faithful is what we hear. She's like making out with everybody at Liz's wedding. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, I think they're never getting past this. Like, no. childhood jealousy. You don't think they could become pals? Inside. Yeah. It's never going away. It does. Yeah. No. It, can, it can hang on I, there. We don't, do we even ever see Bootsy eat at Luke's Diner? No. Ooh, good Catherine, point. I think no. Oh, Jackie, that's oh. so true. We see him what? at town meetings and we see him at the newsstand. Yeah. I think that's it. And you know what? I think he was only in like four or five episodes, which is really crazy yeah. because yeah. I feel like he was a staple. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the number of episodes, like I know, how it wasn't is that, that many. Yeah, that's he true. He makes an impact. He did. Yeah. And then he was he's an, an ASP favorite because he went yeah. on to do Maisel. That's too. right. Oh, R.I.P. Bootsy. Yeah. All right, y'all. So happy so Valentine's Day. <laughs> So, Jackie, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? <laughs> I love to hate you. <laughs> um, what am I doing for Valentine's Day? You know what? I love Valentine's Day, honestly. Um, I will buy myself stuff, but we, we like, you know, we buy each other things. But yeah. I'll, like, go buy flour. I love buying my kids stuff. Yeah. Like, putting out chocolates and candies and just making a big deal. Because I think it's fun to bring, like, pink and red mm-hmm. into life. It's in true. Dis- in February. Flowers, chocolate, like, I don't know. I so like true. I know. We were just talking about that, too. I said, like, it's the only I feel like it's the holiday that kind of gets you through the, the winter, winter of New England. Yes. when You really have nothing else to celebrate. It is. Yeah. You know, we're not like, celebrating Groundhog Day. I'm sorry. I know. We're, we're doing and the Super Bowl's over. Yeah. No. Some people live for that. Yeah. And then, like, some people take vacations, but otherwise we have a very gray yeah. kind of February here. So it yeah. is fun to I jazz like it up it. with pink and red yeah. hearts and flowers and, and stuff I like, like chocolate. that 
You yeah. like chocolate? I do love chocolate. I like doing? good chocolate. Like people yeah. get me good chocolate. Everyone who knows me well knows me knows that. Do you know what's funny is I asked for Russell Stover <laughs> in the heart box. Like that's Aww. my favorite. I like good chocolate too, but I want the Russell Stover oh, every year. Yeah. And I get like husband gets me the big, big box. Yeah. <laughs> you know fun. what I loved when mom and dad got us the Monchery chocolate? Oh, yes. Those, those, those were, good. were good. They had like something in that. the middle, like a nut. They did. An almond. Man, I love Some, it. I haven't had one of those in years. I seriously, I'll go like to Walgreens and just buy myself stuff. I'm like, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Aww. my marshmallow chocolate. But yeah, it's fun. Fun. All right, y'all. Let's get Tatsy. Okay. Jackie, how did Gilmore show up for you oh, this week? You know what happened? I am finally watching Beef. So <gasps> I know it was out like a year ago, oh, wasn't it? So yeah. I'm really kind of late to the it party. It was. It was about a year ago. But that yeah, show. we're watching it. It's so good. But Henry's in it. Yeah. I mean, I'm like pretty Henry sorry. Henry Show? I'm, I think it's him. I mean, I didn't like. Oh, my gosh. Confirm well, it. Who is he? He's in is the he church. Like one of, he's like <gasps> one of the church members. Oh and he has gosh. a few lines. But I was like, Henry, you look good, Henry. I cannot I believe you. I did not recognize him. Yeah, it was fun to see him. You know it's what? Maybe so that's, there was one guy I kept looking at. Yeah. Like, how do I know him? Yeah. <gasps> I thought that was pretty fun because I haven't seen him in anything. I know. I mean, he pretty much looks he's, the same. Y- yeah. Yeah. He's, he's cute. He's, yeah. He's yeah. really cute. <laughs> so Aww. that was a fun surprise. Henry. That's yeah. a good show. It's intense. Yes, it is. But it is very interesting. Yeah. Definitely a departure from Gilmore. And I will say they, ha- I, what I, part of what I loved about it so much was at the end of every episode, it was, it was usually an amazing 90s song. Oh, I know. The music is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was a lot of fun. Andy and I would look at each other like, oh, yeah, yeah, so good. This one? Yeah. yeah. All right, how about you? Okay, so my Tatsy is that I have an update on one of my Tatsies from a few episodes ago. Okay. Do you remember when I talked about the fact that the wordle word of the day was ennui? Oh yeah, and that I thought that when Michelle was saying it, it was his <laughs> French accent way of saying anguish. Anguish, yes. Okay. <laughs> But I saw that episode the other day. It just organically popped up because I'm in season one. Okay. And I swear there's he says the word a few times. And one time he goes, Unweesh. Really? There's like this very subtle S or SH at the end of it. So I'm not crazy for thinking this. (laughs) I want to prove it. I'm going to post this on Instagram, y'all. And you can tell me what you think, if I'm way off base or not. That's really funny. I yeah. feel like you're like proving your case in court right now. You're like, I, I have am your honor. Proof. May I be heard? I'm going to submit to the jury. Damn, I would, you know, I'd be very successful if I showed up at the, at the town meeting uh, with, oh, a, with yeah. a case to present. Yeah. And you'd be way cooler than Nicole. <laughs> I was a lawyer. Yeah. I mean, I hope that goes without saying. Yeah, it does. Well, this was so fun to spend Valentine's Day with you all. Hope you enjoyed. I love to hate you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for joining us again. Enjoy your Valentine's Day. And if you love today's episode and you would like more like this, come on over. Take a moment while you're listening and leave a review on Apple. It really helps more of the Gilmore Girls super fans like you to find the podcast. And we truly appreciate it. Gavin Gilmore is produced with support from Studio 20 South, cover art by MGI Studios. See you next time. Cover boom.